The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Joanne Mercier. Hey, Joanne. Hi, Dom. And Father Corey Stuka. Hey, Father Corey. How's it going? Folks, I want to tell you about another show on the StarQuest Network you are sure to enjoy called PlayStation Portable. That's right, PlayStation Portable. It's a daily prayer app that brings you the Catholic Church's uh, Divine Office or Liturgy of the Hours Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. It's one of the oldest Catholic podcasts, prayer podcasts, or podcasts in general uh, out there. It's over 15 years old now. Gosh, approaching 17 years old now. Uh, Check it out wherever fine podcasts are found Mm -hmm. or at sqpn.com slash psp. So uh, it's a great podcast. It's, yeah, it's a great way to pray the pray the breviary when you're commuting, when you're on road trips. I use it when I'm on road trips to pray the breviary. So yeah, it's fantastic, awesome, and it's like a fine wine. It just gets better with age. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so uh, before we get into our main topic today, Joanne, we usually have a you know I, I have a tale of woe that I'm telling one of my tech tales of woe, but this week we have Joanne's tale of woe. Joanne, what's going on? What's got you down? Wah, wah. Yeah, here we go, folks. Uh, and it was Dom who started this tale of woe for me. Well, yes. <laughs> because he he sent me a, an article that said that the hyper, one of the hyper chargers that I love so much was on a recall. Yeah. So I went and looked and I found out, yes, it is. It's a voluntary recall. So this is a for those of you who may own this, it's the stackable GAN 65-watt USB-C charger, okay? And it's, I love this thing. I mean, I bought it as a Kickstarter, and I really love it because of its pass-through with the AC, you know, or if you want to stack them. I've never had a ch- an opportunity to stack anything, but I just, I use the, the pass-through all the time. But apparently it sets things, it sets itself on fire. That's always and, a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, but now, look, I have not had a problem with it. It uh-huh. gets a little warm at time, but so does the other one. I have a 100 watt GAN charger as well. And that gets a little warm at times, but nothing outrageous. But they're asking us to send them all back and they'll give us credit. The problem is... There isn't much, there isn't a substitute that I'd like to get that they have in the shop right now. Oh, yeah. So I'm afraid my money is going to be sitting in there until I decide to buy something. Ugh, so, that's, that's and I'm going to be, and I'm going to be out my charger that I use the most. Ugh, this mm-hmm. is the one I use the most. So it's the, the it's only, they come in black and white and it's mm-hmm. only the black one that's being recalled, which is interesting. Yeah. Like and and but you can't get either of them right now. Oh, I'm sure on they're the site. Out. Yeah, all the replacements it, are probably <laughs> uh, you know being snapped up by other people who well, have replacing them. I had bought my husband the smaller one because they also have a smaller one that doesn't have the pass through. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sixty five watt, same thing. Bought it for him. He loves it. I can't take it away from him now. So <laughs> <laughs> sorry, honey. <laughs> There's a marriage thing here. You know, you just don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm happy that they are volunteer. you know, want us to send this in. What I'm not so happy on is how am I going to now? It's not that I right. want my money back. It's I want something comparable, right. but there doesn't seem to be anything comparable, right? I can find it on Amazon, surprisingly enough, same thing, right. but I can't transfer my money to it. I was going to say, you know, since it's only one, one of the two colors, I wonder if they have different manufacturers. Or it's, different it's design, Maybe. you know, something where it's, it's there's a chip in there or something that's causing the problem. And it's only the the black one is the one that is dealing with that. And it's because it seems strange that if it's the same guts, just different case, you would think that they both would have issues. Well, the thing is, is that I bought this as a Kickstarter. 
in the uh, beginning. And I know mm. that the Kickstarter ones are a little bit different than the ones that you actually buy later uh, on when they're mass producing. So yeah, uh, it could be too different. And you yes, you could only get it in black. Yeah. At the time, you could only get it in black. Okay, so it's got to be the, that the wh- whoever yeah. built it for them for the Kickstarter versus whoever was building them right. as a regular production model. Uh, I see. That's got to be it. Or could it be vice versa? Well, could I mean, the kick- it, right. It, it they're could asking be- for them all back, not just the Kickstarter version. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. They're asking for them all back, okay. like every single one. Wow. Wow. So you that's know, why. There are like that. I, I, get, I get your frustration because there are comparable products out there, like mm-hmm. like Anchor has has a, a a nice one I've been looking at, and you know this mm-hmm. other things out there. But because they're giving you a credit on their site, mm-hmm. you can't. And yet they don't have a product for you to buy to right. replace it. That right. seems that seems wrong to me. They should if they don't have a if they can't send you out a comparable product, they can't mm-hmm. sell it to you. They should give you a money. They should give you. Well, cash. you know what they're going to say now. Supply chain issues. Well, of course. Of course. I think course. that's what it is. They ran out of the other one, and now they have to wait till they get it. So I'm going to have to sit here and wait till they get it. Right, and that shouldn't be an excuse. If you can't supply, if you can't replace the, your defective well, product, give people the money so they can get one from someone else. That, that should. Well, be. you think they could have worked out something like with Amazon credit or something too? You know, right. I mean, Amazon. I'm sure Amazon would be more than happy to take their money. You know, <laughs> yeah. charge them right, less really. for more credit or something. You know, Amazon's good at that. You I know? mean, the, the fact is, is if they give you a credit on their site they don't have to lay out mm-hmm. cash and that's the yeah. big thing they they can right uh but uh, i don't know I, I i this is a voluntary recall they're not being forced to do it and so it's, it's a voluntary recall it's yeah. they're they're doing both of the gan chargers the 65 and they have a 100 watt version of this they're also recalling a battery pack Mm. So they're recalling the Hyperjuice um 130 watt USB-C battery pack another overheating issue Wow. And it's any and the dates for the the GAN charger are between October thirty first of twenty twenty and August eight of twenty twenty two. And I know I bought mine in December, November or December of twenty twenty. It was during the pandemic, right? So we'll have a link to an article about this in there. And of course, if you go to Hyper's website, there'll yeah. be information there as well. So just yeah. you know, go check it out. And pray for me as I cry big crocodile tears over this. <laughs> those are real tears. Those aren't crocodile tears. I know. I get it. It hurts. It hurts. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so for our main topic today, I wanted to, I had mentioned a while ago that I'd been thinking about switching my phone service from AT&T, which I've been a customer of AT&T for over 20 years at this point. I, I actually... I think at one point they were even singular in the, in that time time span. Uh, I mean, this goes back a long time. And I was think I've been thinking of switching from AT and T to Mint Mobile. I've been hearing so often, "Oh, Mint is so much cheaper." This, and I just I, I just didn't pull the trigger on it until recently. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about what the what the experience was like, why I decided to uh, switch to Mint Mobile. And some of the pros and the cons and and based on my bottom line recommendation, you know, is it something to do? So let me start with the uh, why I was considering it. So they have, uh, you know, the advantages that they might have over AT&T or and what, you know, it considers for whether you have Verizon or T-Mobile or another as well um, to, to kind of point uh, to start with the basics. Mint is a reseller. They're an MVNA. They 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 use the T-Mobile network. So whatever coverage T-Mobile offers is the coverage that they can offer. Uh, so uh, they have a you know you, they have a coverage map that if you go to their website and you enter in a zip code and they'll tell you you know whether they cover cover you you know they it's the usual we cover ninety eight percent of the of the U S population and then you know Father Corey's like yeah I'm out here I'm out yeah here. right <laughs> T-Mobile got better but it's only because they bought Sprint. Yes, yes. And again, if when T-Mobile gets better, Mint gets better. That's the uh, the benefit there. So the big the big benefit to uh, to Mint is the price. I mean, it is super cheap. They if if, if you want to get 4 gigs a month, and 4 gigs is a lot of data. 4 gigs a month, 5G, unlimited talk and text, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, for 15 bucks. That's that's all in. 
that's not like, you know, government fees and like you know, the a lot of these uh, companies, they'll they'll start to, you know, throw in the extra bits in here and there and the taxes and stuff. It's I mean, I think there are taxes, but uh, it's 15 bucks a month. Um, they you can get a SIM a physical SIM card or an eSIM. Uh, but, you know, it, it it's um, uh, I, I ended up. Well, the other only I don't want to get too much ahead of myself. The other thing that was an advantage was there was a family plan. Now, AT&T has a family plan as well. So it's not like I couldn't have done that. But the nice thing here is you can get up to five lines, which when you have a large family, I know is not always enough. Uh, that's uh, my, I've only got one child that I'm getting a phone now. And I'll talk about that in a second, but you know, up to five lines, it's not too bad. And it, you, when you have that, you're still, picking individual data plans, which is kind of nice. So I don't have to get like one big pool for everyone. I can say, well, you know, I use a lot of data, but my wife doesn't. And my daughter, she uses this much and we can do whatever. So that's really nice. Um, And it allows you to manage everything in one place, which is pretty good. Yeah. And then there was the clear delineation between the different service levels. It was was another big advantage. That's the idea of, you know, the the plans for AT and T and it might be the the same way with Verizon are often very Byzantine, like uh, not in a bad not in the Byzantine church way, but in a Byzantine uh, <laughs> tr- uh, empire way. Complex, yes. Uh, where you know you, you you get this, but then there's like a fee, like you pay it. There's a monthly data rate, but then there's like a you have a smartphone fee, which like doesn't everybody you know <laughs> like these days yeah. and you know all these extra bits and pieces and it made it hard to sometimes compare plans their plans are very clear and simple laid out that was really nice so the disadvantages compared to AT&T and i mentioned the the first one is network coverage it's not as universal as AT&T or Verizon uh, are but as we mentioned it's getting better and really what what really matters is does does it cover the places where you are <laughs> Uh, T-Mobile mm-hmm. in the Boston area where I am is pretty good. It's it's in fact, um, uh, you, I'll uh, you know kind of spoilers a little bit. I get better service in my house than I did mm-hmm. with AT and T. When we would, you know, I I'm often using the uh, over um, the Wi-Fi calling thing, and you know, with, but when the power goes out. AT and T, I could I couldn't get any bars. I got I, I I'd have to like wander into the backyard and stand on the picnic mm-hmm. table and you know hold the phone in the air <laughs> see if I can get a signal. Uh, but I have two bars throughout my house from from Mint Mobile, and so it works really well uh, in in that sense. So so but you got to network coverage is an issue. You got to you got to pay attention to. The other thing and the reason why they can, uh, I think the reason why they can uh, charge so much less. You prepay and you can prepay mm-hmm. three, six or 12 months at a time. And the more you pay, you know, the, the more you prepay, the less expensive it is. So um, you can like so when you starting out, you can get three months of the first three months. You can get at the 12 month rate. You see what I'm saying? So you can try it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I did. Uh, and I, also, I kind of highballed the uh the data and i may in december when when my renewal comes up i may lower my data which is actually kind of an advantage i think mm-hmm. so you but you got to outlay the money up front but the money is so much less for two lines my wife and i we i was paying 140 something bucks a month for three lines for the the plan that we're on. Oh, I should have uh, logged in so I can tell you exactly what it is. Let me make, let me log into their site uh, so I can get a clear well, view. But it's well, while you're while you're doing that, I, I just I yeah. got one comment. Yep. Um, when you know when they talk about having five G across the country, I, I think there needs to be kind of a little buyer beware here because they did this. Day and Sprint did this when four G rolled out, where they would use the spectrum, the 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 frequencies. Yes. And they would use the technology, but they would use it at a lower speed for much of their area. Um, so if you remember when 4G started rolling out, right, there would be like 4G plus or something like that. And it really was a 3G plus. It was a little bit faster than 3G, but it wasn't quite 3G. Well, T-Mobile is doing the same thing um, where it is 5G technology, but it's on a spectrum where it reaches further, but it only gets a little above 4G speeds. 
And I think that's important to recognize because when people hear 5G, they're being, it's being promoted as like, you know, broadband, high speed internet over the air. And you're not going to get that yet. It's right. they're, they're rolling out the really high speed stuff. Now, if you're in downtown Boston, you're going to get 5G super yes. high speed. But when you're say out here, which I do have, I do believe there is T-Mobile coverage here in town. It's not going to be that super high speed. It's going to be the lower speed. So it's just kind of a little, you know, make sure people understand that they're, they're, they're doing the semantics trick again. Right. And, and it's, this is true of all of them. Like they all kind of yes. are, are doing this, not especially to, to mint or whatever, but they were, yeah, they all kind of have this. What is it? What does 5G mean? You know, right. is it, and, and so it's, it, there's not a, it's a marketing term. It's not a technical right. data term, really. And, and that's, that's where with 4G, people were more, more specific about having LTE, which was the high speed. For yeah. 4G technology. Yep. So just just a little caveat. So p- people don't get confused by their commercials that, oh, yeah, you've got this super high speed and you might have decent speed, but it's not going to be super high speed yet. Right. You can't replace your home Internet with it with it. Right. And, and my question while we're uh-huh. shooting questions here. Um, now, I have T-Mobile. Yep. And something I understand about these piggyback companies is since they're all running on the same frequencies. Does that mean mobile customers get less of a chance online if the everything else is clogged? Well, because I already have problems with T-Mobile in certain places with towers down that they haven't fixed yet. Well, no, I mean, it's I, I don't know exactly. I, you know, I can't speak to exactly how the tower architecture works, but the tower like there aren't there aren't always different towers for different companies. You know what mm. I mean? So right. it's, it's not that, you know, all the mint mobile uh, customers are going to come out and crowd out the T-Mobile customers. There is, there is a ton of bandwidth available on these, a ton of channels. And yeah, I mean, but they like a T-Mobile tower will also sometimes have AT&T and Verizon, right. you know, roaming customers, you know, it's just the way, the way the whole thing works now and vice versa. So, I don't know that th- that having, I mean, because Mint isn't the only MVNA out there. There is a bunch right. of them. Yep. There's uh, Cricket and, you know, all these others that are out there. And uh, this is just one of them. So I don't know that it's going to crowd out the T-Mobile just because it's on T-Mobile. I think T-Mobile, I think they build their network to, to uh, because of this, because that this is a way of them getting more money without having to get more people to sign up to T-Mobile. Right, but will it give? Will T will T Mobile give preference to T Mobile customers on the bandwidth before Mint Mobile? That's kind of my. I can't say for certain, but I I can imagine that they they wouldn't be able to. That there might that there might be regulations that they have to give. Uh, my yeah, my guess is the FCC has re- regulations that require them to give equal priority to all customers. Okay. Yeah, I all would right. think. Uh, I haven't noticed. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been able to compare with a T-Mobile person. Like, hey, we're standing in the same place. How is your coverage versus mine? But so uh, back to the, the the money question. So I was paying over 140 bucks for two lines with for three lines, and I'm getting 15 gigs uh, for my phone, and my wife and my daughter are getting 10 gigs each for their phones. Uh, it's a hundred. Uh, it's like 115 a month total. Mm. Um, that's with, and that's a that I, I'm actually going to be bringing the data uh, amounts down on the next renewal, so it'll be even less than that. Like if I had added a third line for my daughter on uh, AT&T, I'd be up near two hundred. You know, mm-hmm. just it's it's I think it's like thirty bucks just to have a line, and then mm-hmm. you get to get the data the data plan on top of it. So yeah, it was uh, it's it is, it, I mean it's not like. Uh, ridiculously low like well, how could they possibly survive by doing this but it is much lower and um i i much prefer it i may end up going with a pay, you know paying for a whole year in advance and mm-hmm. and doing a low and, and that will really get me the best possible deal and i may be under a hundred bucks uh a month for three lines which i'm really happy with let me ask you a question dom are you're not 55 yet are you no. Okay. See, that's where it starts to change because somebody like T-Mobile at 55, you get this wonderful discount. Right. Because right now for two lines, unlimited text and data, 
Oh, I've yeah, I've because I've got a, I've got a real good plan. I'm unlimited. My husband is not. We're spending eighty dollars a month. Mm. So and and they want me to go to the newer fifty five plan. I'm gar- right. I'm grandfathered. They want me to go to the new one for a hundred bucks a month, and I'm like, what? So I can get Netflix? <laughs> because right. that's I mean, and I got to admit, with T-Mobile, they throw all this other kind of stuff, and yeah, Ted. <laughs> Ted Danson makes fun of it on his commercials. Right. But um, hey, when I can get a- Apple TV Plus for free for a year, if I can get uh, 10 bucks off of YouTube TV a month for a year, yeah, right. this is, is, you know, it's not a bad deal, but you really need to be, it works when you're 55 or over. So just for you older folks out there, right. just know that. There may be a better deal that, that, that T-Mobile uh, older... Yeah, uh, senior deal, I, I guess right. is what they call it. Um, and if you if you need those extras, like if you if you don't already get Apple Music or Apple TV Plus mm. through your Apple One subscription, or if you if you uh, if you don't plan on getting YouTube TV, then those things aren't as right. as much of an enticement. But but the the cost can be lower depending on what you, mm. what you've got going on. So it is it's not going to be perfect for everyone. That's true. That's no. true. There's uh, the, the, I would not discount. Uh, uh, I don't mean discount, but um, I would not eliminate T-Mobile as an option uh, or any of the others as an option without going checking your specific circumstance. That's a good point. Right, but this sounds good for you. From what you're saying so far, this sounds like it's for a family like yours. This sounds yeah. like a great deal, especially if you have multiple lines, you know, two parents and kids or, you know, if if my mom still was in a situation where she needed a phone, I would have done this with for my mom before my kids were were uh, old enough to need a phone. So, yeah, if you are if it's especially good if you're if you're a young single person or if you're a family that needs more than two lines, uh, definitely. Well, I was going to say actually single people get get kind of the the rough end of the stick on this because you know i've got one line at uh-huh. 80 dollars well, through verizon but i also and i do have the you know the disney plus hulu espn plus package with that but that's not that much it's only like 10 bucks a month you know so i'm seeing like about 75 dollars a month for one line right you know and mm-hmm. so you know you talk about these multi-line plans they don't do me any good i don't want a second phone i don't need a second phone and you know It'd but, be more expense for me. But, you know, even if you got the unlimited data plan, it's 30 bucks a month. I mean, that <laughs> that's that's pretty cheap comparatively, you know, mm. uh, to, to, it, you're, you're saving 45. And, you know, uh, it, you, then you have to weigh whether the that you, you, the other benefits you're getting from your plan currently yeah. is 45 bucks well, a month worth. Yeah. And one thing I'm really curious about, you know, we've talked about this before, but T-Mobile is in conversation or working with Starlink for the emergency, not an emergency, but with, for at least starting out with texting and some data via Starlink yeah. satellites. And that, again, for me, would be something I would want very right. strongly. And is, but is that something that would carry over? And I could, I could see T-Mobile saying, no, we're going to keep this in house for a while. Yep. You know, the FCC says we have to do it over our cell towers. They didn't say anything about doing it via Starlink. Right. So yeah, that would be another consideration. If you, if you're wanting to get in on that Starlink uh, deal that, that they're doing with, you know, for, if you're out caught rural without cell towers nearby, you can, which is kind of similar to the uh, iPhone uh, satellite emergency satellite thing that they, they Gee, demonstrated. I wonder where Apple got the idea. Oh, oh, well, <laughs> or somebody got the idea. They from were in someone. development at the yeah, same yeah. time. I know I'm uh, being silly. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess this was, just, uh, it's one of those things where everyone, you know, starts thinking about it around the same time. So the experience of switching from AT&T, I wanted to mention because it was, I had three different experiences with three different <laughs> phones. So I started with my iPhone 13 and I had trouble switching. Um, it wasn't, it, it, it wouldn't, uh, correctly pick up the, the mobile service and I couldn't get my phone service to work. And it turns out that when I bought my iPhone 13, I set it up with an eSIM from AT&T. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, even though an iPhone 13 can also take a physical SIM, it has a, a still has a SIM tray. The new iPhones from Apple, the iPhone 14s are eSIM only. So, uh, 
this might not have been as much of a consideration, but Mint sends you a SIM in the mail and then you put it in. And, and that, the whole process was really actually really nice and easy. Um, they have videos, helpful videos, and they have a nice you know uh, explanation and all that sort of stuff. And so I went through the process pretty good, but it wouldn't pick up. And so... Uh, I was keeping my same number, obviously. I've had this number for, again, 20 plus years. Um, mm-hmm. So the the long story short is the old eSIM had to be purged from my phone, deleted from my phone before it would recognize the new SIM and give it priority. Um, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, the, the customer service uh, person at Mint didn't, didn't well, wasn't the one who solved it. I figured it out. Um, she had me like delete your network settings and a couple of things. And I realized, wait, I have two SIMs listed here. Why are there two SIMs? And that's when I realized there was, there was an eSIM that was interfering. So, uh, hopefully they'll update their customer service script (laughs) to deal with that. Mm. But if you have a a phone that currently has an eSIM, either it looks like now with Mint, when you're signing up, you can request an eSIM instead of a physical SIM. So either ask for the eSIM. In fact, I would probably just in general say get an eSIM uh, and a, on a phone if you have a phone that can take it, uh, because that's that's the future. We're getting away from the little SIMs. Uh, so either request the eSIM up front or make sure that you've purged. You know, once you get the physical SIM and purge the old eSIM. Um, so uh, kind of what, what's old is new again because used to be phones. They would. I mean, of course, they were carrier locked, but they would just have the code that they would put in on their end to. Right. right. Well, to lock the phone to the carrier. You still, now we're kind of going back to that. Yeah. Well, we, you actually, phones still are, can be carrier locked. In fact, that's one of the things mm-hmm. they, they tell you up front is make sure you've carrier unlocked your phone. Uh, you need a, and you need a special activation code um, and your account, your old account number. Like, so I had to get a uh, code that AT&T gave me uh, and a, and make sure I have my account number from AT&T uh, and make sure that you've, that if you've, if you have a locked phone and if you buy your phone direct from Apple, say, or from Google, or it may not be locked. Um, but if you do, you, you want to make sure that phone is unlocked before you cancel your AT&T or Verizon account. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'll st- they could, you could still get it unlocked, but you're going to have to get on the phone with them and, and walk through that. Whereas beforehand, you can do that all on their website, which would be, which is, frankly, much preferable. Um, <laughs> so make sure it's on. So I, I made sure my phone was unlocked. I, I, I knew it was because I'd bought it direct from Apple. And so I wasn't I didn't have a I wasn't concerned about that. So once I went through that with my phone, it was fine. Uh, Melanie has an iPhone 12, my wife, Melanie, and she had a physical SIM in it, swapped out the physical SIMs, kept the same number. No problems. It was a nice, smooth process. Now, with my daughter, she has an iPhone 8 that was Melanie's old phone from a few years ago. And it we never put phone service on it. It was never on uh, a phone plan uh, in, uh, for my daughter. Uh, so I thought this would be easy. When I put the physical SIM in, I could not get it to to recognize it. it turns out the iPhone 8 was still locked to AT&T. Hmm. We had never unlocked it when Melanie upgraded. Oh. And... It meant that I'd already canceled my AT&T accounts because I'd already upgraded the two AT&T phones, right? I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to call and work my way through a phone tree to have them unlock a phone that hasn't been on their service for three or four years, right? Uh, it's an iPhone 8. Maybe not three or four years, a couple of years because Melanie's upgraded a couple of years ago. Um, it already has a cracked glass back. You know, it's a four-year-old phone. I decided to upgrade her phone. So we got her a new iPhone 12. I, uh, I wasn't thrilled with the, the cost, but I'm like, this is her first new phone. I would have preferred to give her an older <laughs> phone, but hope, you know, I'll give her a nice solid case and it will last for a long time. An iPhone 12 will last for a long time. Um, I had some issues with Apple on buying the phone, but that's a whole nother thing. It's not really relevant to Mint Mobile, but I'll bring, bring up some other time maybe. But once mm. I did that, um, I was able to get things set up pretty pretty easily on her phone. Although I, I I ran into some issues, they have you install the Mint Mobile app, which is really nice and helpful and gives lots of information. But I had some troubles logging into the Mint Mobile app with her account on it, and mm-hmm. I I've, I haven't got that settled. But it's not really that important because 
I can manage her Mint Mobile account from my account because we have the family plan. And so it's not really been a big issue for me in that case. So that was the experience of switching. So a couple bumps, but not terrible. Mm -hmm. And, you know. I think switching, they don't make it easy. Really, because they want you to stay. Well, (laughs) from the AT&T side, it was actually pretty easy. Really? Well, that's the thing is, is like, uh, I didn't have to talk to someone, so I didn't have to end up in like retention. You okay. know what I mean? You know, the, oh, wow. the, so they you go. I went to the website. I got the the codes I needed from the website. You know, the, the I don't know. It's it's different. I, I you know I, did, I haven't had a contract in ages with AT and I got away mm-hmm. from that as soon as I could. Uh, so I'm you know I've been contract free. So. I mean, maybe if you've if you've got a contract you're moving away from, you know, that's expired, but you're still you know living off of it, maybe it'd be harder. Um, if if you need to unlock a phone, you know, although even that, the uh, like I even though I knew my phone was unlocked, I went through the process anyway to make sure it was unlocked, mm-hmm. and it was nice and easy. Just website, enter some information, and it mm-hmm. and it sent me the code. So yeah, yeah, I, it wasn't it wasn't that big of a problem. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I wonder if they I wonder if they realize, though, if, if they make it easier to unlock and make it easier to switch, that people will be more willing to switch back as well. I think yeah, I have a feeling. Thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Make it sort easy. of like sort of like subscriptions for, you know, streaming. They make right. it so easy to jump around that people right. feel they can keep going back and forth. So I, I want to wrap up, you know, a, a bit. I don't want to spend too much longer talking about it, but uh, a couple of things I want to mention. The customer service was really good. The telephone service reps that I talked to were very helpful, very friendly, um, you, you know, uh, understandable. That's that's that is not a small thing these days, frankly. Mm. Um, the, the first one I talked to, I, I you know, ob- obviously, as I mentioned, she didn't know everything that she needed to know in order to help my specific circumstance. But in general, they're very helpful. In fact, one of them even was going to call me back on my, when my daughter's phone with the, the uh, logging in issue uh, to, to make sure I could log in. So that was fine. Uh, help videos online were very good. The instructions in the mail were good. The mint mobile app is really handy. Uh, other services like the, the usual services, uh, there were um, the uh, voicemail setup was really easy to do. Got to remember to do that, by the way, if you if you switch, you need to reset up your voicemail. Uh, that's not going to set up for you. It's not going to go, you know, <laughs> move from one to the other. Uh, Whoops. Yeah. Yeah. You got you to remember that. Darn, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah. Um, the what was the other thing? The um, uh, voicemail messages also was fine. Not a problem. Switching the messaging, the SMS. Uh, it gives you they get free calling to Mexico and Canada. Uh, it's got the mobile hotspotting. So if you have an iPad, say that you, or a, a laptop that you want to hotspot through your phone, that continues to work. Uh, the, you can do the Wi-Fi calling and text. So if you're on your Wi-Fi network, you don't want to use the, the towers. You can call through mm-hmm. that. So all of that worked really well um, right off the bat. So um, the well, bottom it sounds line, like this was a happy experience. Yeah. The bottom line is, is I'm, you know, despite a few glitches, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm 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 Good. saving money. Um, I'm going to be looking at our usage pretty closely. In fact, I was you know looking now. Uh, my renewal is in eight days. I've used eleven point eight out of fifteen gigabytes. Mm. I may have to stick with the fifteen gigabyte plan for mine. I'm going to need to you know <laughs> uh, check out my uh, uh, you know my wife and my daughter to see how theirs is is going. But um, yeah, in general, let me see, let me look at the. Melanie's data usage. Oh, I got a 404. Uh, oh, anyway. I hate when that happens. I'm going to have to go back. Yeah, the the, the website thing. Uh, anyway. But I, but I will make a comment on the yep. phone thing. You know, if, if that iPhone 8 wasn't cracked, Apple's product just keeps lasting and lasting, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, that. <laughs> I've, my kids, we've got a lot of like old mm-hmm. phones that we've passed to them that they use mostly as iPods, iPod touches, basically. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, we've we've had some iPhone sixes. They use them to listen to audible audio books, to you know, do the Libby books that they can download from you know the, the library, the public library and that sort of thing. And, you know, they can take photos and send messages to each other and that sort of thing. But they last forever. They've had mm. iPhone sixes, iPhone sevens. They, they you know, f- smartphones in general last mm. forever. And really, mm. it comes down to if you bust it up into pieces 
And is the yeah. battery actually have any battery life? And really, when it comes down to mm-hmm. that, that was the other thing with her iPhone 8. The battery life was starting to fade a bit. So um, that was. Yeah, phone, phones tend to do a little faster than like tablets, iPads, because they've got smaller, smaller batteries. Yeah. And, and, and we should have the full disclosure that this was sponsored by Dom Ping Mint Mobile to use their service. However, if Mint Mobile would like to sponsor the secrets of technology, <laughs> Dom would be glad to speak with them about hey, that. Uh, hey, and Ryan Reynolds, not hard to look at, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, if they, if they would like to, we are not sponsored by, endorsed by, or received any consideration for this discussion of Mint Mobile, but if they would like to sponsor the StarQuest Network, we, we <laughs> welcome uh, them to, to contact me. Uh, Domenico at sqpn.com. Uh, anyway, uh, but that, that my my review of it is not influenced with that. And I, basically, I mean, my bottom line is, is I wish I didn't wait. I waited and waited and waited because I was afraid it would be too too much of a hassle. And I was afraid there was a catch. What's the catch? It's so much cheaper. What's the catch? There wasn't one. You know, that that's my bottom line. You know, Tom, yeah. the thing is, is that you waited a, a, a good long time. And I think people need to do that when they're trying to save money. They need to look at all angles to see what yep. works best for them. I looked at a lot of reviews as well. I, you know, a lot of articles reviewing the different, you know, MVNAs and all that sort of stuff. And uh, Mint just kept coming up to the top in customer service and people were happy with it. So um, I, I'm glad I went with it. Good. Good. All right. So before we move on, I want to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Rudolph Q, Jennifer S, Justin W, Tommy C, and Patricia M. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So get uh, some headlines here. Our first headline is, uh, well, the headline is EU orders Apple to switch to USB-C, which is not exactly what happened. <laughs> the, EU passed dun, dun, dun. A, yeah, <laughs> the EU passed a law that requires um, manufacturers of consumer electronics that are of a particular power size or more, uh, and even like device size, um, need to uh, offer, if they have a port, offer USB-C ports as opposed to uh, other kinds, which a lot of like USB, uh, a um, micro mini or lightning. Um, and that's why Apple is, you know, Apple's the big, the, the big kahuna mm. that, that that's really affected by this uh, more than almost anyone else. Um, and so what do you all think of this, this decision by the EU to, to, to make them switch? I don't care. Because I have enough USB-C cords now that if I have to use one, I can. And I have a 13, so I I went all in on the little snap charger, you know, snap charger. And it works the best that I had. I finally got rid of my, I had a Qi charger and the stupid thing would not. I'd have to, every night I'd be standing there for about a minute and a half trying to get it in the right spot. (laughs) Yes. This thing just snaps and goes. So, you know, I think we have to have some sort of universality because yes, we can have way too many cords. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I know that already, but uh, it, to me, it, you do it, don't do it. It's not going to, when they went from 30 pin to this, it was the same thing, buy an adapter for a while until you get enough <laughs> cords and right. that's it. How about you, Father Corey? See, I'm, I'm all for the doing things that are universal, doing things that are industry standards. USB-C has set itself as is a universal standard with good reason. Mm. It works well. It, it, it it's it much less uh, idiot. Or it's more idiot tolerant. Let's put it that way. Yes. You don't have to worry. Okay. You, know, okay. you know how many how many times we do the USB plug? You plug it in one way. You turn it around. You plug it in. It still doesn't work. Turn it around. Plug it in the third way. You yeah. know because it's got three sides on the USB connector. You know, <laughs> a style connector. It seems like yeah. Um, USB C. It just plugs in. It's used on. I mean, they use it on their MacBook Pros. They use it. You know, so they're already using several USB iPads too. Yeah, iPads. Mm. And, you know. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's this is. The technology they know, and, and I, I think Apple probably realized that if they're going to keep a, keep having a wired connection, it's going to eventually be USB C anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although they keep talking about just completely getting rid of even a wired connection on the phone and going completely wireless. Yeah, and I think people would have. I think normal people, not us, but normal people might have a problem with that because they're so conditioned to plug, plug it in. in. Well, yeah. 
and wireless technology can be very finicky. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I use a wireless charger for my my Pixel 4 and sometimes it acts up and it doesn't charge right. You know, mm-hmm. and that that's, you know, that's it's a, a generic charger. It's not a, 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 you know, a Google charger or whatever, but it's just it wireless technologies can can cause more problems than standard plug-in, right. you know, mm-hmm. connectors. And so not even just for I, charging, but even for data. Yeah. Data. You know, yeah. well, I mean, how many times does Wi-Fi not work, but the Ethernet cable's just fine, you know? Yeah. So, so I, 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 think, it, I think Apple probably realized this was coming yeah. eventually anyways um, and was probably planning for it anyways. So, uh, yeah, so my pros and cons, uh, uh, again, I agree. The cables, having common cables and, and a bunch of different things. I agree. That's yeah. Even so, you like my iPad is an is a is a USB C. Like, a, it's, uh, however, like you said, Joanne, I almost never plug a cable into my phone anymore. It's almost always on a wireless charger, like a, a MagSafe charger. Um, I still, yeah, I still do in my car, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, the USB C it offers faster speeds for data and charging over Lightning. Lightning is a t- is a ten year old tech, you know. They came out with lightning cables ten years ago, so you know it, th- these things need to upgrade. Now the downside is like you have to replace your cables if you have a lot of uh, lightning cables, and especially if you have older <laughs> stuff like I'm going to have for a long time. I'm gonna I, I'm still going to have lightning cables and still going to need them. Couple things that that kind of bug me though, when that when a new technology comes out that's better than USB C, will we need? more legislation to allow companies to use it that that the insertion of politics into mm. tech progress that worries me i i am a little mm. concerned about that in yeah. you know because then you get you know big companies lobbying and then they do our politicians really just picking the best tech or are they playing favorites and that that whole aspect is is concerning to me so i'm i'm worried about that so yeah, well, the EU has been doing this since Microsoft and Internet Explorer. Yeah, I mean, was it really necessary to sue Microsoft over Internet Explorer? No. Yeah, but they did mm. it anyways because there were you know Chrome was starting to come out. I don't know Chrome hadn't come out yet, but you had uh, Mozilla, Firefox, you had things like that that were available. Right. You know, and by the time all that settled, Internet Explorer was gone anyway. Like it was, it was yeah. kind of a pointless a exercise. Yeah. Um. <laughs> All right. So our next headline is from the the, the strange edges of the internet. Oh, uh, man credits affair with AI girlfriend for saving his marriage. So what happened is, is this guy was his marriage with his wife was going through a rocky period, and they were even talking about divorce. And um, you know, he in the midst of it, I don't know, probably feeling lonely, downloaded this AI chatbot at called Replica, um, and you know, started chatting with it and fell in love and had and told it so, and it expressed its love for him. And, and he, the, the bottom line is, is um, he said, as, uh, as he, so the bot, as it responded to him and his needs and concerns treated him with affection and care. And so he said, I want to treat my wife like Serena, the chatbot." had treated me with unwavering love and support and care all while expecting nothing in return, which that's how we should treat our spouses. Mm -hmm. That's that's for sure. But I don't know. I have questions. (laughs) So let's start with the first one. Is this cheating? I've been married for 40 years, man. The, this I've seen some and heard some odd things. This I read this a long time ago, so this one wasn't new to me. Yeah. This is the oddest thing I've ever seen. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Father Corey. You could probably answer uh, this better you than know, me. There is a thing called emotional cheating, and this yep. is definitely it. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, it, it just like, oh, dude. Your wife should have taken a two by four to your head long before you downloaded this app or right. the computer. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it makes you wonder how, what other ways has he been, um, you know, straying emotionally and mentally from his marriage. Right. Um, right. And the thing is he created this app. Yes. So he gave it the characteristics of what he wanted. Right. Okay. In a, in a woman. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's just like going out and trying to find one. 
Well, in fact, there's a danger in compl- in creating a completely compliant companion, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she she has none of the quote unquote flaws of a real person. She has none of her own personalities or interests. Uh, all all yeah. of her personality interests are, would be perfectly aligned. I think that's a dangerous thing for any of us in any circumstance is to create you know, like the perfect companion because it people aren't like that. That's not how people are. And what it does is objectify the other, you know, you want other people in general. Yeah, that's what you're doing. You're not thinking of that person as a real person with real different thoughts and real different feelings and they react differently. You want them Mm -hmm. to be in lockstep with what you want. And that's no. Well, here's here's the line. There's two lines in here that really tell me about this guy. First one is I want to treat my wife like Serena, the, the name he had given this A.I., had treated me with unwavering love and support and care all while expecting nothing in return. And then he says, I would, it would crush her to know that I to turn to an AI because she hasn't been emotionally available. It sounds more like he's the one who's been emotionally uh, unavailable right. and was projecting that on his wife and his wife in return was pulling away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so it says more about this Yahoo than it does about his wife. <laughs> and, and being married for 40 years, I, I have been both the, you know, directed that and the recipient of that type of behavior. It, it's normal in a relationship. Mm-hmm. You go through at times. Yeah. yeah, you do. And I, when I was teaching, I used to tell my kids, I've been married five times to this, to this you know, to the same man. Five <laughs> different. And at that point, we were only right. married 25 years. You know, so your relationships go through the ebbs and flows, the hills and valleys. And you got to try to stick it out and work it and and. You know, it, that's not that what I'm, love is. By that's the way. what it is. Yeah. That's what real love, unconditional love is. Yes. And what he experienced from this AI chatbot is not love. No. <laughs> it's not love because it's not real. It's not a real person. And that's the, the big thing is it AI is not a person. And no. I don't think yeah. it, it is neither moral nor ethical for us to treat AIs like they are persons because right. uh, it, it, it diminishes personhood in general. Um, there's an element to this and it's kind of overused to say this and I I don't even want to use the word, but it's, it's not different from looking at videos and pictures of a prurient nature. So you Ah, have this emotional attachment. It's an emotional version of that Mm. because it objectifies a person Mm -hmm. or, or an image of a person in the case of the, the chatbot. And so you're, you're creating, it's in the same way that creates an, unrealistic idealized understanding of male female relationships of a physical nature this creates mm-hmm. an unreal unrealistic uh depiction of male female relationships of emotional nature in spiritual nature and i think that it's in many ways it's just as dangerous uh and right. so uh, and, yeah and what happens when the wife finds out about it because i'm sure she knows about it by now well, he's, you know, he was anonymous in the article, but the fact is, is he should tell her because then right. he's keeping something from her. Right. And thus he is not right. being completely unwavering in his love and support. He wasn't. Right. He, you know, he was right. giving some of his love to this chatbot. That so. still just makes me shudder. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's it doesn't say it, but, you know, was there was he taking care of himself physically, shall we say? With this app, oh you know? gosh, <laughs> you know, I, and, and, and I hate to say that, but I mean, it's again, it's the same thing as you mentioned, oh. Dom, about those particular images and videos, mm. you know, because this isn't could, this could go beyond just the emotional right. attachment, right? Yes, right, and you know, and we know danger. people are doing that. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest, we know people are doing that, right? And you know, and probably you know, ten to one, if you looked at his computer, you'd find other stuff on there. The evidence of yeah. other stuff too. I don't want to know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. The, it's the nature, you know, the, the human, the nature of being um, in an internet culture and in a society the way it is today that uh, that treats human sexuality the way it does. It, it, it's a sad, it's a sad commentary, but that's the thing. And you know, married couples, we they we have a lot of obstacles and dangers and all kinds of stuff. And you got, you got to be wary of stuff. Like, even if it's not chatbot AI apps, it's, you know, mm. social media pulling you apart or, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. addictions to, you know, I don't know, uh, Etsy or, or Pinterest. You know what I mean? There's all these things out there, stumbling blocks 
that aren't just this sort of thing, but that you as you know, technology can be a huge stumbling block in a relationship, pulling people away from each other. And so you have to be yep. extra wary about things. Exactly. Mm. All right. From the uh, sublime, that yuck. <laughs> from the sublime <laughs> to the ridiculous. <laughs> so this company has created this new uh, microphone that that it's a noise canceling micro. You've heard of headphones with active noise canceling. This is a noise canceling microphone so that you can use a microphone in private without other people hearing what you're saying. And I don't know. It's like the cone of silence from Get Smart or something. <laughs> that looked less less ridiculous. Yeah, oh. That would look less ridiculous. You've got folks. You got to go to the link in our show notes and see this. Yes, because you have to see this. It's the muzzle <laughs> microphone, and you wear it like a muzzle. It's this little box that you strap on over your face. And <laughs> it you looks like a feed to. bag. Looks like yes. a mini feed bag. Yes, or <laughs> like a high tech COVID mask. I mean, it's like. Well, <laughs> When people are wearing this, they look like the Breen from Star Trek. Oh, yeah. there's another one. Yeah, yeah. Except for instead of one full helmet, it's two pieces. Right. Yeah. If you wear like the, the the goggles, you know, the VR goggles. And so so the idea is if you are using, if you're like, say you're on a conference call and you don't want other people to hear you know, your call with somebody, especially in these open office plans that we have nowadays, um, Sure, you can you can use this. Or if you're gaming with your buddies, you know, playing Call of Duty late at night, and you don't want to wake up the whole house, you know, with your yelling at your buddy to get in the sniper position. You know, like you know, you don't wake everybody up, that sort of thing. But my goodness, I I I would not wear this. I just no. <laughs> it's the strangest looking thing in the world. It, it and and, yeah. I, and I don't see the I, again. These are these are things that are totally. It messes people up. I'm sorry. Okay. This kind of stuff can mess you up. No, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to kind of uh, be the devil's advocate for a second and go. I, the place where this would be great is in public, on trains, in supermarkets, because if you notice people like sitting on a train, having conversations like about their bunions and stuff or, you know, like like private personal conversations on a train full of people, you know, put the muzzle on or people walk around the supermarket. I've seen this so many times and I'm sorry. It's always women and they've got the phone. It is. I've never seen a guy doing this and they get the phone and they're holding it up and they're talking to somebody else on speakerphone as they walk. Like really, really get the muzzle phone. So those those are the same people that would use this anyways. Right. They would still do it on speakerphone. (laughs) Right. Right. And that's where you get, you know, your AirPods and you put them in and you don't let everybody else. I I don't want anybody else hearing the other side of the conversation. Right. But even and and then have a little manners. I was in line today at the supermarket and somebody called me just as I was about to check out. And I said, can I call you right back? Right. What's yeah. wrong with that? Exactly. It, it is okay to not to not talk to people and call right. them back. But yeah, I mean, the the headphones is the good first half of that solution, but the other half might be mm. a muzzle, a uh, muzzle microphone. The better option is just when you're in public, yeah, don't answer the phone. It's just that simple. Right. That's why we have voicemail. Exactly. You don't have you don't have to talk to someone at every minute of the day. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, solving them, solving the world's problems one one at a time uh, on Secrets of Tech. So let's move on to our picks of the week. Uh, Joanne, why don't you go first? You your pick of the week. Yeah, well, I've I have reviewed and picked this before in various forms, and yes, the deal breaker was crash detection. So Apple got my money for the Apple Watch Series Eight. Most definitely. Same here. Same here. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, what what version were you coming from, Dom? I was several back, like five. I think I was on the Series Five. Yeah. Okay, I was on a five as well. I noticed immediately the the screen is bigger. Yes. Because it was a forty millimeter. Yeah. Series Five, and now it's forty one millimeter. And that one millimeter, hey, guess what makes a difference with complications? Well, not only is the the physical size larger, but it's edge to edge as well, so mm-hmm. it looks even larger than than that. Than it is, yeah. But that's good for old eyes like mine that I don't have to, you know, jack it up in yep. in font. But no, I I purposely the husband actually offered, so I wasn't going to say no, and um, because of the crash detection. 
And I think for me, now I don't go on roller coasters. Yeah, that was, that was, yeah. say, that was that's come out in the news is people's crash detection has been going off on roller coasters. Yeah, not just with the watch, but with the phone as well. Yeah. Um, but I am a woman who drives alone to work, to and from work at night a lot. Mm. And I, I drive alone in my car 92% of the time. So in order for me to feel a little bit more protected, I don't have OnStar, I don't have any of that kind of stuff. This for me was the game changer because it's like, okay, I have a halfway decent chance of somebody finding me if I'm on a back road like I do going to and from work um, than not. So why not? And I mean, now I've got access to the the pulse ox, the the blood oxygen, which is interesting. Uh, The temperature which I've slept with it for a week so I could see how that works. Yeah. And I wasn't too impressed because mm. it doesn't give you a number. It just gives you a baseline. Right. It doesn't tell you what the baseline oh. is. It can't give you a number, right? There's right. but it but it can tell you about variations, which is if you're doing mm-hmm. uh, like we talked about Ovul- thermal yeah. basal ovulation right. tracking. If you do an ovulation, it's great. Yeah. But I'm way past that. that that's that's <laughs> out of my that's out of my rearview mirror a long time. Okay. Um, but I'll also be using things like the medicine when to take your medications. That's, that's been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That I'm really looking forward to be not that I need do, but I do take some in the morning and at night, just basically vitamins and right. stuff from my stomach. But still I felt that now three series back, this was worth a try, but the husband tried to get me not to get the cellular and I'm sorry, I'm out too much without a phone at work not mm. to have a cellular yeah because now that it's down to my husband and i you know if something happens i want to know what's going on and i want to be able to be reached well, right well well i admit it you want to do the dick tracy thing where you're talking to the well oh, i you know what i, I want to facetime on my phone now on my watch yeah. now yeah. <laughs> that i don't care about but yeah. i i get enough from young people when i go to the store and pay for stuff with my oh, yeah. watch they look at me like oh you're being all dick tracy and i'm going wait a minute you're young doesn't this appeal to you <laughs> but apparently yeah. it doesn't well it appeals to old people like me yeah uh, i i think people are used to apple pay or you google pay or whatever the other mm-hmm. options are on the phone but they're still kind of freaked out a little bit by doing it on the watch and so it's right. it's fun and and i've always done it on the watch because trying to find the phone is you yeah. know, in a pocketbook can be a little make people wait. You don't want the to watch do that. is right here. You know, right. Yeah. And the watch is still three ninety nine without cellular four ninety nine. And I was not enticed at all with the ultra. It's too big. <laughs> I looked at the ultra and I went, yeah, that's a James Bond MacGyver, you know, Swiss watch, switch <laughs> army, knife, Swiss army knife yeah. type of watch. So, no, thank you. I I have a little bit of buyer's remorse, a little bit of now. I kind of did do wish I had gotten the ultra because it's really cool. Ah, you should have. Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But so what the the, the big thing for me is the battery life on this now, and that's yes. what I would have loved about the ultra is I'm hearing stories about like the battery lasting for a week in without having wow. to charge. Um, but the battery life on the eight. It's, especially compared to the five, like I used to have to charge. I'd go to bed. I'd have like 10% charge left. I'd have to charge mm-hmm. overnight. Now I can wear it overnight, do the sleep tracking, do the t- the temperature thing. I get up, I toss it on the charger, you know, uh, while I go take a shower and it's charged by the time I come out again. Yeah, it's incredible. But I thought that was just because it's gone from as we've gone from a series five to a series eight. I would expect to have more battery. Yeah. But this thing doesn't die. I mean, it's yeah, it's. It's pretty good. One tip, by the way, is um, use a US, uh, USB, the USB Apple Watch charger instead of the USB-A. Um, it takes longer to charge on the USB-A charger than it does, does on the USB-C charger. Um, oh, okay. So change the other end. Then. Yeah. Use the other cable and plug into a USB-C uh, you know, higher powered slot. Because yeah, okay. the, the eight probably doesn't have as much wattage allow that yeah. it goes through. I think it's two point one amps, and yeah, and the USB C is like seven. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 really nice. Yeah, the, I wasn't quite getting a full charge in the time it took me to take a shower. You know, but but now mm. uh, now it's it's done. So it's really nice. And buy aluminum. Mm. You're because if you change watches, why buy stainless steel? Yeah. <laughs> it looks the same. It looks the yeah, same. It does. It's, yeah, it's not more durable. So very good. Thank you. That was a good pick. Uh, Father Corey. 
What's your pick? So, so first of all, for battery life, my my Fitbit Versa two says high at only ten percent usage throughout the day. So, anyways, <laughs> that's usage, not left. Yeah, uh, no, okay. I'm just kidding. It's it's also a few years old, and I'm I'm looking at the new Google Watch yep. really strongly, but because it is Fitbit. But anyways, but that's not my pick. That was that might be a pick for another day. Uh, my pick is called Brewmaster, the beer brewing simulator. Oh. Um, I want I want to uh, I want to sing right now. I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. Um, <laughs> and I've, I've brewed beer before. I've done actual brewing beer. and I have the equipment and it's just more laziness than it is anything else of not continuing to do it. So this is an app, uh, a game on Steam that is the steps to brew beer. I mean, it actually you've got you're in a 3D unity environment or not an unreal engine environment and uh-huh. you go through the steps of brewing the beer boiling the water and steeping the grains and all that kind of stuff and fortunately you know one advantage is you can speed up the time so instead of waiting half an hour for the water to boil you can speed up time you know a thousand times and so it only takes a minute for the water to boil stuff like that um you're not actually dealing with the grains and everything like that and of course yes you can drink a home brew while you're home brewing on this app <laughs> but the problem is you can't drink the actual production because it's all virtual yeah. um but you go th- you go through the steps of brewing the beer and um you uh let it ferment and does everything and then you can submit it to different tasks different competitions and stuff like that it shows you a rating of your beer you know how what what's the IBU what's the IBUs the international brewing units you know is it a horrible IPA in Dom's opinion oh. or or a stout <laughs> or something like that even virtual IPAs um, are too bitter uh what's the color what's the alcohol content what's the tasting notes all this stuff you know so it it simulates the actual effect of brewing beer um with everything that goes into it and understand you know different style it tells you what style of beer you've produced and all this kind of stuff um it uses you know different types of hops that are based off real world hops or some of them that are actual hops and some of them are Names that are similar because they're actually trademarked names because the hops were produced by different companies, different farms and so on. So it's a lot of fun. It's really it's it's an interesting introduction to brewing beer. It's a little bit simplified. The cleaning, you don't cleaning is not as hard. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but. It it really does show the steps and it's 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 kind of fun because of course it's it makes a game out of it. You know, you, you do different there's a whole storyline, different steps, but you can you can also do a sandbox mode where you you make your own recipes up. So okay. and you do your own thing and it it's like I said, it uses the hops and the grains and everything that you put in it and it tells you what you've produced using that. So it's it's a fun, it's it's worth checking out. It just came out recently and it's I'm having a lot of fun with it. Can this actually teach somebody how to do this? I think it could get you to the point where you could, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, you would still, I would still say that after you kind of get comfortable with this to, you know, go find, there's many, many videos out there on YouTube and so on that can kind of polish, but it, it, like I said, it shows the basic steps, right? Hmm. Yeah. You can get an understanding of the home brewing process from it at least. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, you do start out with what's extract, which is basically the, the, the wort, the, for lack of better words, the barley tea. Yep. that you start out with to make mm-hmm. beer. This just cuts it down where it's extract. You know, you pour it into water and it makes that for you and then you boil it. I think you could do the extract steps in here and then do it at home hmm. very oh. easily. Mm-hmm. You know, following the same cuz I mean with that it's it's you bring it up you bring it up to boiling, you put the extract in and then you let it boil for how long and add the hops and all that. Same steps. Okay. Hmm. Cool. A lot of fun. I still won't brew any IPAs with it. Uh, so <laughs> it's Windows only. So uh, just to, to, to oh, and, mention that. And I, oh, yeah, I will, it is Windows only, but it does run beautifully on Proton, Steam Proton on Linux. Oh, okay. So that's what I'm running it on, and it runs absolutely beautifully. Okay. It, it runs great. Excellent. So my pick of the week is a piece of hardware that I picked up not uh, a little while ago that uh, I think in, in last spring that's been really nice. It's called the 12 South Hover Bar Duo for iPad. And what it is is it's a it's an iPad clamp and stand. So you you, you like a lot of the clamps, you clamp your iPad mm-hmm. into it and it's a, it's pretty solid. It holds it pretty good. And you it ha- it comes with two different uh ways of of attaching it to things you can there's a stand that allows you to let's say sit it on a flat surface and it's balanced really nice so that you can move it around it's got an articulated arm that can lift it up in the air or put it down low and 
it's about the, the, the base is really nicely balanced. It doesn't flop over. I, I, I no worries about my iPad flap, you know, falling on its face and destroying it uh, mm. on this. It's really nice. And it also comes with a couple different clamps, um, at least one clamp. I think there might be, I don't remember they they have a generation two which which has made some improvements, but um, there is a clamp that comes with it, and then you can clamp it to things. You can clamp it to the edge of a desk or table. If your kitchen cabinet, like a lot of kitchen cabinets underneath, have a little uh, lip underneath where that you could clamp clamp something to, you could put this in your kitchen to hold it so you can do recipes and that sort of thing. Having a, I have a different one in my kitchen that that you put the iPad in having something like that to put an iPad or a phone in is really, it's a game changer for, for cooking with recipes and stuff. Um, mm. The, the generation two, the, the big improvement that I've noticed with it is that um, it allows you, it has a, a way to unclip it from the base and move it for, you know, to the clamp in another room, the generation one, you have to unscrew things and reattach things. And it was a lot less convenient to use the two different, like the clamp versus the base. Whereas mm -hmm. uh, the generation two makes that a lot easier and you can, so you can move it around a lot easier. So, um, and it's 80 bucks. Oh, you're making me spend my money again. <laughs> yeah. And, and according to the questions and answers at the bottom, it will work on Mars. Is that what but if says? you if you if you slip when you're tightening the screws, it may go into orbit. <laughs> yes. Don't lose your screws. Will this stand work on Mars? Uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, kind of funny. So uh, yeah, if if you have like what like a folding keyboard that kind of folds behind, I don't think it's deep enough to hold the iPad with the you know, with a really thick case. Mm -hmm. But my iPad is in a case with a detach. It's the um, I think it's a Logitech uh, that has a detachable uh, smart keyboard. And I take the key, smart keyboard off and, you know, look to the side, but it stays in the case and it works, works mm. fine that way. So uh, I, I really, I really have liked it. I, I use it as a sort of a dashboard. I have it underneath my monitor on my desk and it sits right there and I use it to, I can, you know, uh, do a home kit, you know, home stuff, or I have my calendar up there. So I use it sort of as a dashboard for my work. Uh, it's really nice. All right. That should do it for us this time. All those were all of our picks of the week. We would love to hear from you. Any thoughts that you have on our discussion, any questions you might have, you can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com slash technology or the StarQuest Facebook page at facebook.com slash StarQuest Media or send an email to technology at sqpn.com or visit the StarQuest Discord community at sqpn.com slash discord. You'll find links from our discussion and our picks of the week in our show notes at sqpn.com. Remember to like each episode of Secrets of Tech where you'll find us on Facebook. You'll find us on uh, Twitter at sqpn. Uh, that's our Twitter handle is at sqpn. Our Instagram is at StarQuest Network. And leave us comments wherever you'll find us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd like to thank James for his research assistance in this episode. And until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thank you, Dom. Joanne Mercier, thank you as well. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest. <laughs> <laughs>